Welcome to Examining Scripture, Episode 1. That's right, Episode number 1. This first podcast is where Examining Scripture began. Here's the backstory. I was talking with leadership of my church, Eastern Hills Wesleyan, about a monthly podcast ministry where lay people discuss the Bible. The motivation was to encourage believers in Jesus Christ to read Scripture. Many Christians spend little time in the Bible. In a lot of cases, the Bible intimidates them. Our goal was to offer practical ideas to go into Scripture to find what God has to say about their circumstance. It's that simple. Practical tools for practical needs. Originally, this podcast was called Searching Scripture. And it just so happened, the person who managed the church podcast was leaving. At the time, it was called the Immeasurably More podcast, fashioned after Ephesians chapter 3, 20 and 21. We talked about my idea, and they decided to give it a test run, which became a four-part series on searching scripture. So this first original podcast will speak for itself, as will the other podcasts that make up what has become Examining Scripture. From my perspective, God's providence prevailed and continues to do so. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Immeasurably More podcast. My name is Nancy Carmichael, and it's been a little while since we've been in podcast land here at Eastern Hills, but we're excited to be back with a very special series that we're calling Searching the Scriptures. And we've got a very special co-host for these next few episodes. His name is Bob Red. He is the president of Fatspan, Inc. It's a business development company, and he and his wife, Diane, have been at Eastern Hills for a long time, a number of years, right? 13 years? Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. All right. And and he loves the Word of God, and that's why we have him here today. Because if you notice, I didn't call him Pastor Bob. He didn't go to seminary, and yet this guy here knows his word, and he loves the word. How can this be? Well, that's part of what we're going to talk about today. But first, you've already heard from him, but hey, Bob, how's it going? Really, really well. Thanks, Nancy. It's good to be here. Oh, we're so glad to have you here today with us. So um, let's start at the very beginning, which Julie Andrews says is a very good place to start. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I, I told them about Fat Spam, but but just, yeah, let's, let's hear a little bit of your bio. Yeah. So what really qualifies me to sit in front of this mic this morning is that uh, I am uh, a sinner, and that it is through the infinite grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that I am a follower of his. And uh, I've been so for going on uh, just past 48 years now. And uh, it's been a journey and a lovely and beautiful one at that. And uh, uh, it's uh, been close to my heart to really share the scripture with uh, anyone that I can speak to and talk to. And so I just pray that uh, our listeners here um, will be edified by our conversation. 
I'm sure they will. So I'm going to back up a little bit because I want to make sure I heard you right. I heard you say your first qualification is you are a sinner, but you said the second part, right? Saved by grace, right? Amen, yes. Amen, because yes, we, we all were, right? But we but because of Christ in us, the hope of glory, that's no longer our truest identity. Um, and yet we all started in that same place. Yeah, we have. I mean, from birth, right? And so... Um, it's uh, just uh, a joy that the Holy Spirit uh, came upon me and, and gave me a new heart, and uh, I thirst for the Lord. I for, thirst for the Word. Okay, and so let's let's talk about that, because like I said, you're not Pastor Bob. You're business consultant, uh, business owner Bob. You're uh, Also, I think you have a, a background in—I'm going to mess this up—chemistry? That is right. Correct. Okay. All right. Yeah, I like to introduce myself in the business world as an overeducated MBA with a chemistry degree. There you go. There you go. And and yet somehow in all of that, the Bible comes in and you love the word. Um, and I, I know you're not alone in this. I mean, I know, you know, anyone who calls himself a Christian, by nature, we love the word because we know in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the Word was with God. So really, we're talking about loving Jesus. Right? Yeah, we are. He Absolutely. is the Word of God. And yet, I'm going to set this up this way. I think a lot of us Christians, even ones who have grown up in the church, or maybe maybe you're a new Christian, maybe you're a seeker, we think of the Bible and we think, oh my gosh, that's such a big book, 66 books, and you know, all the these and thous, and you have to go to seminary to, to even figure it out. So I think there's, there, I think there's a fair amount of intimidation when it comes to reading the Bible. Yeah. And that's exactly our thesis, I think, in these next uh, few episodes is to demystify the Bible, if you will. I think, uh, and for good reason, people will say, um, you should read the Bible all the way through in a year. Or uh, the recommendation is you should read the Gospel of John or the first epistle, first letter from John. And all those are certainly great things, right? Um, But really what we hope to accomplish in this uh, series is to, to show people that they can find specific answers to their circumstances Uh, that they're facing right here, right now, today, in Scripture, and that they can find out what God has to say about their circumstance. We are created uh, by God in His image, and He has a lot to say about who He is and by uh, uh, vicariously who we are as well. Okay, so what I'm hearing in that is, yeah, you should— do this. You should maybe start with the book of John or first John or whatever. And that's great. But what I'm hearing is how. So that's right. Yeah. So we know the what, but how do we go about this? And, and what, what is it that we're looking for? So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to push, I'm going to push back a little bit, but in a, in the kindest and most gentlest way, because um, I just know how I think. So you're, not telling us, I don't think, that you can find the answer to any question that you have in the Bible. Is that what you're telling us? I'm telling you that you can. Really? That your circumstances, whatever you find them in, um, good, bad, or ugly, uh, you can find what God has to say 
on that particular topic or subject. So if I want to know, should I buy the Chevy Malibu or the Subaru Forester? That's not what we're talking about. That is not what that we're is talking not about. not what we're talking about. I wouldn't call that a, a circumstance. <laughs> okay. I'd call, right. I'd call that just a basic life decision. All right. I'm at, just saying. Of the lower order. I know where people go. So that's, <laughs> I'm here to just bring things back down to, uh, well, great. to I, basics. But, yes. But yeah, but, we, but what you're talking about are the, the deep questions of life. That's right. I mean, we all uh, have our own um, worldview, right? And it's sh- shaped uh, by uh, many things, right? And um, when you have a worldview that's based on the Bible, uh, that's a rock-solid foundation. And from there, and I know worldview is a, a really important uh, topic for you. Oh yeah, let's let's stop. Let's let's have a rabbit trail and just talk about that for a minute. We'll sure. come back, I promise. But yeah, so when you say worldview, what do you what are you talking about? Well, you're the better to answer that and define. Uh, I I would say that it it is um, the things in your life, your belief system, that shapes how you act, how you think, and what is important to you. But yeah. I would like to hear your definition because you're more involved in this area than I am. Oh gosh, now you put me on the spot. Well, I'm just going to I'm going to revert back to the word itself because I think it's very self de- self descriptive. Um truly, your worldview is literally how you view the world. We all have one, right? We all have backgrounds, we all have filters. Some of it is our own personality, some of it is uh just the things that we've been through in our life and it it's a lens it of how we see the world, how we interpret what's going on around us. And even if we've never given it a moment's thought, I guarantee you, you out there listening, as well as Bob and myself, we all have a worldview. Absolutely, we all have a worldview. And the question is, what is your worldview, you, the listener, hearing this? Um, what What is it shaped by? And you said a great um, thing to say that it's shaped by our environment, it's shaped by our experiences, and it's also shaped by the foundations, the foundational things that we believe in. Maybe it's something we've read, maybe it's uh, something that uh, we've heard from somebody else. In the end, it's a collection of things that shapes what we think about the world today. I like it. I like it a lot. Okay, back from the rabbit trail, back to the main path. So, worldview. It impacts the way we look at scriptures or the way we think about the Bible, right? Um, for some people, it's it's very intimidating. For some people, it's maybe not intimidating, but it's like, oh, it's boring, you know? And I'm sorry to say that. I'm not saying that I think that, but I think there have been times in my life when I have thought that because it's like, oh, this is so archaic. This is so not relevant to today. This is thousands of years old, and what does this have to do with my life? So, um. Yeah. What, what oh, would you, I, I yeah. think that's absolutely true. If I look at my own life and I look at what Scripture and what the Bible has meant to me over time, um, as I said, I was one of those that uh, when I came to saving faith in Jesus Christ, the first thing I thought was, let me run the marathon, which is to read the Bible all the way through. And as I said, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but the Bible is... Uh, not only very broad in its reach uh, of of what it has to say about God to us, his subjects, mankind, but it's also incredibly deep. And 
if we look for the answers to our life and we have a foundation that is bedrock, uh, it tends to be a greater, uh, uh, if you will, light for our uh, for our path. And in fact, these next um, this next series uh, group of of podcasts, we have sort of a foundational um, verse, which comes from the Psalms, Psalm 6105. It says, your word, Lord, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That's an old Amy Grant song. (laughs) Although I guess she got it from scripture, didn't she? I would have to think so. So yeah, so let's, all right, let's start there. So here's our foundation. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Okay, that sounds pretty descriptive. Um, take it away. Yeah, so what we hope to achieve, we said, uh, you, you brought it up earlier, it's a great point. Um, we really want to demystify the Bible. And in uh, these next few episodes, um, the intent is to help equip you, the listener, with the different tools available today, and there are much greater tools, and to be able to then use those tools to find answers for your circumstance. So let's segue, if we will, to uh, kind of a topic. Let's, let, let's be uh, practical here and demonstrate for our listeners kind of what we're talking about. I like it. I like being practical. I like uh, where where we're even headed as a church in this season is it's all about putting feet to what we believe, right? It's great Amen. to study. It's great to um, to take all these things in, but but there's a practical application. And I might be even getting ahead of ourselves because the first practical tools we need is, all right, how do we get into this word in such a way that it really does impact the way the way I act, the way I think, the way I behave, the way I interact with people, because that's the whole point of it. It is. So um, let's start there. So if we're talking about Scripture, I think we owe it to our audience to first um, say something about Scripture and something about the Bible. And um, what I've settled on is uh, I was reading a... um, a, um, a book of essays, essays. It's called uh, One Foundation, and it was uh, a series of essays on the sufficiency of sufficiency of Scripture. And there was an essay by a, guy, uh, a pastor. Uh, his name is Vodi uh, Baucom. I've heard of him. And so uh, Vodi had a wonderful, wonderful phrase, if you will, or sentence that sort of. Um, summarizes what the Bible has, uh, you know, why we believe the Bible. And I have to tell you, if you're listening to this podcast today, this, if you're a grandparent or you're a parent, or more importantly, if you're a young believer in Jesus Christ age-wise and you're in high school, let's say, or you're just entering college, uh, this might be the most important podcast you could listen to because of this practical topic. And what I mean by that is too many times we raise our children up and um, they have a thirst for the Lord, they believe in the Bible, they uh, understand what the Bible is, and then they go off to college and people will challenge them, whether they're their professors or other people that are young like they are in their class. And 
say, why do you believe the Bible? And they'll say, well, my parents told me I should believe in it. And that leads to an opportunity for um, indecision and uncertainty. Right. Because that, that, that whole why, that's another question. We're, so a big theme of today is how. How do you go about this? But that why question, that is the question. Why do you believe what you believe? That's right. And anytime someone can poke a hole in that, meaning you don't sound certain about it, or your reference for why you believe what you believe comes from someone else, it's less certain and it's easier for someone to challenge that right? Uh, The devil tried to do that to Jesus coming out of the wilderness, right? What did Jesus do? He went to scripture. It's irrefutable. The devil was had. Right. Yes, indeed. And he he didn't go to it because he wasn't sure and he had to fall back on something, you know, bigger bigger than him, I guess, because he himself was the word, as we said, but this was this was the essence of who he was and is. That's right. He was demonstrating for us, right? The whole Bible is is God really um, revealing himself to us about himself. And right. that's what Jesus was doing in that moment. Right. And I guess I'm going to go back and clarify because I'm not sure that I liked what I just said. So what I mean by that is a lot of times people today, if you, you ask them, you know, what they think about this or that, what they're going to give you is a meme. They're going to just parrot what somebody else, some some other soundbite, some talking head, and they're just going to regurgitate what somebody else said because they haven't, they haven't thought through themselves. So, well, what do I believe. How could I articulate what I believe? So Jesus was not doing that. He was going to the scripture, not to, not as a fallback, like, well, I don't know what to say, so I'm just going to say scripture. No, this, he was, he was quoting to the devil in those moments, the very truth and essence of who he is. That's right. And what he did in those moments with the devil is exactly what we want to achieve over these next few podcasts, is to kind of show you, that's what Jesus was doing for us. He was showing us, humankind, how to deal with, um, if you will, the darkness, the dark side, and and uh, the ultimate liar, Satan himself. And so if we, if we look at that and kind of focus on uh, maybe Vody's reasoning for why we believe the Bible, I think what you're going to find is um, it will back people away from trying to challenge your faith. And in some, t- uh, in, in some circumstances, they may start to ask questions. That's which, what we do. That's what we do. So what Vody said is, we believe in the Bible because it's a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. And that's very key, and we'll get into that in just a little bit. And he said, they recorded supernatural events that took place in fulfillment of specific prophecy. And here's the really important thing. They claim their writings are divine in origin, not human. Yeah, that's that's quite a claim. That's a big claim, as they say. It is. And if you were able to teach your kids or you're, you're able to equip your kids with 
that kind of statement when someone would ask them, why do you believe the Bible? A lot of times they'll go, uh, okay, whoa. They won't be in a position to challenge you and say, well, you always believe what your parents believe? Because the Bible tells me so. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Oh, that's a great little song. It is a great little song. And yet it's a, it can be a circular argument, right? I believe in the Bible because the Bible says to believe in the Bible. So Yes. Yeah. But it but let's break this down now. What Vodi is telling us is the Bible's a reliable collection of historical documents. The fact that they're historical documents are irrefutable. And that's where we start to get to um, the firm foundation we stand on. Um, the argument is and can be, well, you know, these, docu- these, these books, if you will, or these documents were put together by human beings. And we'll touch on that a little bit here at the end of the podcast. Uh, true. No argument. But the fact is that they were put together by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. We, even in today's society, when someone makes a statement, when someone writes a book, there's fact-checking. And I'm not talking here about the, the politics or the fact-checking of politics, right? Because um, someone wants to refute what someone said or whatever. What we're talking about are real, unusual events in history. And if they're written at the time when many other people experienced these events, it's very, very easy for someone to say, hey, that didn't happen. And what we find in history throughout the uh, historical documents of the Bible is that you didn't get that. What you get is not people were refuting and arguing who were, who were eyewitnesses that lived during the time of the witnessing. What you get is people refuting it after the fact. My good example would be even today, right, no one would kind of argue that the Holocaust occurred. No one in their right mind, yes. And yet... And yet, there are some deniers. What we're seeing is yeah. some deniers. As time goes by, I think what you'll see is that is a perfect example of of how history rewrites itself uh, from a dark perspective. Right, and and I think perspective is the key word there because you know, unlike so, you're a scientist, right? Chemist, a chemist of sorts, right? So so you have that scientific background, so. I think a lot of times people think we should approach history the same way we approach science. And science, I'm not a scientist, but I, I do know this. I hang around with some. So science is all about replicating experiments, you know, to getting, so you have to replicate. That's to, right. Yeah. With history, no, it only happens once. So history is more about, as you said, eyewitnesses, um, people documenting That's right. what happened and more than one person documenting it from multiple sources, multiple transcripts, manuscripts, all of it, uh, create a body of work that we can rely on over time. That's right. And so when we talk about um, how do we then find claims in the Bible that uh, bear out Bodhi's um, statement of belief in the Bible, um, we go about that. So this is the how section of this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Um, The 
the way to do that is you use the tools that are available to us today, right? And today we have a lot of wonderful tools. In the old days, we used to have the Bible, which actually had cross-references within it, and um, we won't go into that detail so much because we want to sort of modernize this conversation. So today you have cool Bible apps, and you can use whatever Bible app you wish to. I tend to use two. One is called BibleGateway.com. The other one is the MacArthur Study Bible, uh, but you can use whatever you want. And in there, they have this wonderful search function. And uh, if you want to search a phrase or a word or whatever, what you'll find is, um, so let's say I want to search the word will. Well, in the Bible, you search the word will, and you'll get something over 1,500 references. Are you talking about a concordance? I remember those. They weighed about 15 pounds. Yes, and I still have one, actually. Of course you do. So the search function is just the concordance. That's right. And you want to tell people what a concordance is? Oh, I bet you could tell them better. I'll just do it in my layman's terms. Um, But yeah, the concordance, uh, Strong's Concordance was a huge book. It had uh, Hebrew and then the Greek references, depending on which testament you were in. So you look up a word and it gives you the root of that word, the definition, and all the places where you can find it. That's right. The key is all the places you can find it, right? And so if you look up the word will in the Bible, depending on your version um, of of the Bible that you're using, uh, you can find that it's over 1,500 uses of the word W-I-L-L. And uh, what you'll find is it might talk about God's will, but it might say something like, we will go here, right? Right, because that's the English language. That is the English language. So it's English being, well, not distilled, but translated into another language, which, yeah, so there's a whole thing there. Yeah, so if we uh, say that we believe the Bible um, and we're going to look at it from the Bible lens, and so when we talk about a reliable collection of historical documents— if you search the word reliable in um, your concordance, your, well, let's call it your electronic concordance, searching your search function in your Bible app, you're going to find that um, there's not a lot of choices. There's maybe 40 or 50, um, and none of them are really about what we're talking about here. And so all of a sudden you think, oh, I've reached a dead end. And that's true if you're trying to look for Bible being reliable, right? But what is, when when you're doing these kinds of searches, you want to think broadly or more broadly. And so what is an offshoot? What is a word that is a synonym to reliable? Well, you could think of the word trust, or you could think of the word trustworthy, and so if you said the Bible is trustworthy rather than reliable, you'd be saying essentially the same thing, right? And so if we look up the word trustworthy or we think uh, truth, then what we find is that you narrow it down and you get to a couple of actually four or five different verses that are pertinent, one being Psalm uh, 119 verse 60, which says your word is truth and your Uh, all your ordinances are trustworthy, right? And um, if you go to John 17, 17, 
it says he Jesus in his high priestly prayer says your word um, sanctified them he's talking about his disciples in the truth your word is truth so we find that the Bible is saying that it in and of itself is truth so 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 it's making these claims about itself so this is where I want to I want to do the pushback thing again because I just know I know that there are people out there thinking this because I have thought this um, at at times in my life. Okay, but that's a circular argument, right? The Bible is making a claim about the Bible. The Bible is saying, trust me, I'm the Bible. So I I, want to expand on this a little bit. Why? Why should we trust the Bible, which claims about itself, trust me? I think that's a great question. So let's go there. Okay. So first and foremost, um, let's talk about our audience. So we're obviously going out in the airwaves and we're really talking to absolutely anybody that plugs in. That's and the beauty of the interwebs. Isn't it? Reality, what this series is about is we're talking to you who are believers in Jesus Christ. That's first and foremost. And our series here is meant to help edify, the edify to lift you up, to help um, make you more confident in the things you believe. So that's first and foremost. And so if you're out there listening and you're a skeptic or you haven't really come to saving faith in Jesus Christ, first welcome. We're really glad that you're here listening. Really glad that you're here. Yes. Amen. Um, but we're not here trying to convince you. Okay. And I think that's important. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. Um, and and by the way, this is a little rabbit trail or rabbit hole, whatever you call we, it. We love rabbit trails. So the beauty of being a Christian is we are called to um, make disciples, and we are called to share the gospel, the good news of the fact that we are sinners and that we don't have to be, that we have a Savior that can allow us, that has allowed us, that has made everything, our path clear to have a personal relationship with God. That is I could stop right there and just ponder that fact for a very long time. So it is that because God has done this for us, right, that now we're called to go do the same in the rest of the world. Now, Jesus said something about, um, was interesting, uh, talking to the disciples where Jesus is doing all these miracles, And if you can even ponder this for a minute, that all of Palestine at the time of Jesus' um, earthly ministry, he almost and and probably did eradicate all kinds of illness, all kinds of um, um, depravity and so forth in in the sense that he was healing people. He was taking demon-possessed people and removing the demon from him. He was causing the lame to walk the blind to see, and um, eradicating all of these afflictions, human afflictions, is just mind-boggling. And then he says something to the disciples, and he says, greater things you will do than these. And you think, what? What, oh, what, what are you talking what, about, Jesus? What, what, are you t- yeah, what are you talking about, Jesus? And what Jesus was talking about was that the disciples and all those who are going to follow are going to through their witness and through them sharing the gospel, 
bring people to saving faith in Jesus Christ. And that is a miracle. So, i.e., we being the, the great, 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 you know, descendants of these disciples, spiritually speaking, we are part of that greater thing. That's right. And that is a miracle that we could even be here, right? So It, it is truly a miracle. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to back up a little bit because, all right, so I liked how you answered the question and clarified that we're here, so we're welcoming, we're so glad. If you don't believe in Jesus and for whatever reason you're listening to this, we're so glad you're here. Um, but today is not the day for us to convince you that the Bible is true. But I'm, I have a feeling that you would love to hear from them. So maybe we'll give them a contact. But, um, but our, our ground zero is we're t- we are talking to people that, that do want to read the Bible, that are, are looking for, the, as you said, the, the tools, the how. That's right. So, so I think that's a, good, that, that's a good benchmark or a good place for us to to go to springboard off of that. That's right. So we're talking to you who uh, are Christians, right? And um, we're talking to you because it's that important. And why is it that important? Back to your children that are about to go to college or uh, even you who are young in the faith, regardless, regardless of your age, the most important thing that can help destroy your faith or attempt to draw you to question your faith is for Satan to put in your mind that not all the Bible is true. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Whoa. The minute that... Did God really say. That's right. And so the minute that wedge can be inserted and for you to question the truth of the Bible in any particular place is an opportunity for the enemy. Okay. So I'm going to pause there too, because I, I know you well enough to know what, what you're not saying. Um, questions are good. Questions are good. We need to question the truth will always rise to the top. So we, we need not be afraid as Christians of the questions. Absolutely. So there's a difference between even being skeptical and being cynical, right? We right. can talk about that for a moment because we don't want people to get the idea that, well, don't question the Bible because it's, it's authoritative. End of story. Good night. Case closed. Um, but that's not what you're talking not about. Not at all. In fact, questioning the Bible in a truly open-minded sense is healthy because what it has proven time and time again again assuming you have a completely open mind is that you'll become in the end convinced right and open mind being the key phrase right just being a seeker of truth that's right right um some some of us might call it intellectual honesty that's right, right? it is the scientific method and it's in its most purest form and i'm not talking about applying science to the bible here particularly but what i'm trying to say is in a science world what we the 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 intellectually true scientists will propose a hypothesis and they will say this is something that if I do this, that, and the other thing, I expect this result. And then what they do is they go into the experiment room, or if you're a mathematical scientist, you may go into your theoretical room, and you'll 
postulate things, you will do experiments, you will uh, build equations that will support or not, it will refute what your hypothesis is. And depending on that outcome, if it supports it, you continue moving forward to find additional support for your hypothesis. And if it refutes it, you have to reshape your hypothesis and you start back from the beginning, sort of like washing your hair. Right. In other words, you have to be open to being wrong. That's right. And that's a hard pill to swallow. It is. It is. Um, But you know what? It makes us all humble. And uh, that's never a bad thing. Never a bad thing. So if we come back to um, why it is that uh, this is really so important to us is that um, just to finish up for you who are listening, who are not believers in Jesus Christ, just understand we're not trying to convert you because we're off the hook. Our job is to share the good news with anybody you included, but we can't change your heart. And so all the pressure's off on us. Amen. And, and so we're not preaching to you. The good news is that only God can change hearts. And so uh, we hope that maybe through this discussion about the scriptures that your heart will soften and God will change that. And in so doing, you'd actually become a, a believer in Jesus Christ and you'd repent from your sin and start a relationship with Jesus Christ, in which case then this podcast series would actually be amplified in what it could mean to you. Spoiler alert. This is the goal of every Christian. So so that you don't feel bamboozled or swindled or baited and switched, that is that that is the great commission that to make disciples of all the nations. So but I'll say this. If you don't do it, we still love you and we still want you around. Amen. So it's not you're not our project, but we we just want to love on the people that Jesus has given us to love, even if we never see your face, and we hope we do, but that this is, we just want to be upfront. This is where we're coming from. And for those of you, welcome. Now, for those of you who are believers and are intimidated, if our thesis is correct, that many people are intimidated with the Bible, um, we want this series to be um, a resource to you, a way to lift you up to say, you know, I have real problems in my life. I have difficult circumstances in my life. And the difficult circumstance may not be choosing what car you want to buy, but it may be a difficult circumstance to say, do I want to confront my friend who uh, I love? And unfortunately, the path that that friend is going on could be very destructive. How might I go about uh, reaching out to that person so that one, I can be productive, which is to speak truth into the person's life, and perhaps get them to think about the path that they're taking and to perhaps get them to rethink a change of path. Okay, so we're now we're ready to approach the scriptures to see what they have to say about what it, what it, whatever it is that I'm going through, right? Whether it's I'm concerned about my friend or I've got this weighing down on me. I've got a big decision that's going to impact my life, my family's life. So, all right, here we are. In these last few, we have a few more minutes for this episode. Let's get down into the nitty gritty. Let's, 
you got something practical you can you can share with us to how how do we do this? How do we approach the scriptures? Sure. So let's start with whatever you're um, wanting to try and understand in terms of what God has to say about a topic. The first thing you want to do is you want to grab your Bible app, whatever that might be, and you want to start searching for. Uh, key phrases or words. And as I said earlier, if you're searching for God's will and you search for will, it's not going to be very fruitful because you're going to get a return of over 1,500 different Bible verses. And of course, at that point, you have to read them all. And you're going to find out that most of them talking about I will go or I will do or I will this or that and not tell you much about God's will. Right. So in other words, try to let go of that literal part where it's that literal word, but the essence of it. Um, That's right. Yeah. What is the, you know, the the spirit behind whatever it is? And like we said in Vody's comment about, or in his commentary about um, the sufficiency of scripture, when he says, I believe the Bible is reliable. Well, if you look up reliable, that's not very helpful. So you have to think a little deeper. And that's a good thing when it comes to the Bible. Well, what's another word for reliable? And we settle on the idea that if you looked up something as uh, trustworthy, you actually get to the verses that you're looking for. And so... Okay. So I'm looking it up. I'm looking up the term and I'm finding all these references to whatever, whatever it is that I'm looking up. That's right. And then if you say, okay, well, what about these historical documents and the idea of eyewitnesses? Well, if you want to search witness or witnesses, uh, your search is a little better. You get down to about um, maybe 80, 84, depending on your translation, and you can start to read those. And, um, This is where, over time, the beauty of trying to find answers and searching for answers in the Bible, you're going to come to learn about the Bible. And so what you're looking for when you're talking about witnesses is statements about people who are writing as a witness and demonstrating, or claiming rather, that there were other eyewitnesses. And uh, in that exercise, which you'll find is if you start out in the beginning of Luke's gospel, one through four, what you'll find is it talks about the reason why Luke is writing that Bible, uh, that book rather, and uh, he mentions that he is an eyewitness and he's doing it for other eyewitnesses. It's the same thing in Acts, you find that in Acts 5, 32, and of course, we find a wonderful discourse about witnesses of the risen Jesus Christ in 1 Corinthians 15 uh, in the beginning of that particular chapter. So uh, there is another way. So it, all to say, finding keyword searches and then actually reading some of those verses and seeing how the Bible is using different words because our English language is not as precise as the Hebrew and the Greek, which are the original writings in the Aramaic of, of the Bible. Right. Okay. All right. So here I come. Here I come at you again. So it's going to seem like pushback, but you know I love you. So, and I know you well enough. I think I know how you're going to answer this question. You're not talking about what they call proof texting. Are you just just looking up all these random scriptures and just reading that one scripture and then saying, there's my answer? 
No, yeah. not at all. No. No, so. in fact, that's dangerous. We have some cults out there that do that, and I'll be picking on them later. Um, but no, not at all. We're talking about being able to see the context in what yes. you're reading. And context. Con- context is so important. And what do we mean by context? Well, we mean not only what it says, but we also mean what it said in its original language. We also mean what was the setting. Right. What's going on around it. That's right. Yep. And not only what was the setting, what's going on around it, it's what's going on in the audience at the time it was written. So there's a historical context as well as a, if you will, a linguistic context. And so um, these are the things that, trust me, as you start to dig down into Scripture by searching to find answers to the topics and the circumstances that you find yourself in, you're going to see that and you're going to be directed and motivated and moved to say, well, what does this really mean to um, the first century Christian? Or what did this mean to the exiled uh, Jews in Babylonia, what was going on in those times. Right. And the uh, at that point, the Bible will take on much more relevance and richness. Okay, so taking that deep dive, right, getting that context, whether it's historical, whether it's uh, a linguistic, um, the the idioms of the day, or uh, the entomology, right? Is that the right thing? You know, the origin of the word, what the, what those words mean, what's going on around it. You know, here's the thing, because you can just read the Bible. Uh, can I just read the Bible? Do I have to do all? Yeah, you can read the Bible and get something out of it. But what you're talking about is when you take that deep dive and you bother to find out, did you know that when Jesus talks about uh, if your eye, you know, if, if your eye is good, then your whole body uh, is full of light. Do you know that there's there's a deeper meaning there? He's actually talking about generosity. Whoa. So, I mean, there there's so much going on that we don't know until we scratch the surface. And that's what I hear you talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so there's a richness to the Bible. And as you work your way into um, what what it tells you about a circumstance, it will reveal itself to you. So I think this is an excellent place to land for this episode. Um, I'm excited. We're going to talk more. Stay tuned for our next episode of Searching the Scriptures. Bob, you want to give them a little, just a little teaser, a little hint? Sure. So if we believe the Bible, and uh, or I-, I should better say, since we believe the Bible is the Word of God, what does the Word of God say about himself? And... I'll tease it this way. The Bible is God's revelation to mankind about himself. And there you have it. Hey, thanks for listening to Searching the Scripture and the Immeasurably More podcast. Now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus, to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.
Well, there you have it. We've enjoyed our conversation today and hope that you feel more equipped to examine Scripture to find what God has to say about the important circumstances you're facing in your life. Until next time, examine the Scripture, drink from the Word of Life, and let the Bible feed your spirit.